Okay, this is great. Thank you so much for being here, Kathy and Lori. I'm so excited to have you here today. This is our inaugural uh, recording date for our IWSCC podcast. So we're so excited to be doing this. Um, and and I'm, I'm just thrilled because for me, I, I don't learn necessarily the same as everyone else does. And so one of my goals to this podcast is to be able to provide uh, visual as well as audio information on supplier diversity in the world of supplier diversity. So uh, I'm just going to do a quick intro of myself and IWSCC because there's probably lots of people who have no idea about supplier diversity or what we do, at least we hope, so that we can be spreading the word. Uh, and then we'll turn it over to you guys. So my name is Deidre Guy and uh, I am the co-founder for the IWSCC, which is the Inclusive Workplace and Supply Council of Canada. Uh, and so what we do is we, we certify businesses that are owned by either a veteran or someone with a disability, or in many cases those intersect. So we certify them as diverse suppliers. Uh, so they go through a certification process that largely proves that they have a disability or they're a veteran and also that their company is at least 51% owned, operated and controlled by uh, either of those two groups. And then we introduce them to corporate Canada and to supply chains and purchasers in corporate Canada, as well as governments across Canada. So thank you all for being here. As you probably heard at the beginning of the podcast, this is our first day of recording for IWSCC podcasts. And uh, we're, we're stepping out and trying something new. And we're pretty excited to have our guests here today. We have Kathy Chen, Kathy Chang, I apologize, <laughs> who from Redwood Classics. And we have Lori Benson from EY, or some of you may know it more as Ernst & Young. So I'm going to start with you, Kathy. I want you to just talk a little bit about uh, Redwood Classics, what they do, and what you do with Redwood Classics. Oh, that's a loaded one. Okay, so Redwood <laughs> Classics, uh, we are um, a proudly made in Canada apparel supplier. We have been making clothes in Canada for uh, over 32 years. So um, it's a family business. And in the corporate world, we're actually a supplier, a tier two supplier, whereby we are providing uh, premium blanks that are all proudly made in Canada to uh, distributors who would then in turn sell to uh, corporations such as EY, which is where Lori's from. Okay, and what do you do? <laughs> There's My the role, big question. Yes. <laughs> what do I do? Huh? The jack of all trades and master of none at times is what I feel like I do. <laughs> Standard I'm, entrepreneurial yeah, answer. I know. <laughs> um, so I'm the president of Redwood Classics Apparel. So my dad and I are business partners, um, and he founded the company in 1988 with five people and 10 machines as a small sewing contractor. And by the late 90s, we were directly employing close to 500 people. Um, and and really, we made clothes all made in Canada, really proudly, kind of like an OEM maker, but for apparel and uh, retail brands. Um, China joined WTO in 2001, quotas got lifted. And I would say, you know, that's when we started to see a de demise where most of the products, especially clothing that we wear, um, were made offshore at, um, I would say, probably... Um, at a better pricing than what you would pay if you were making it domestically here. Uh, my journey as an entrepreneur became uh, began in 2009, where I became my dad's business partner, and we humbly restructured the business with 40 people. And you know, here we are uh, through supplier diversity and through um, Made in Canada, and really being clear on the value proposition we can bring to uh, the world. Um, here we are. <laughs> So when you say here we are, what's what's the scale? Tell us, brag a bit about the how, scale. how where you, what your scale is. Yeah. 
so uncomfortable to, I don't want to <laughs> say brag, but I would say, um, so right now we're at about 100, 110 people. Uh, right. Since my dad and I became business partners, we have tripled our workspace. We have tripled our, almost tripled our headcount um, and definitely tripled our top line. And it's been a wonderful journey. That's great. And congratulations. And um, both you and Lori are, are people that I met very early on in my journey into supplier diversity, Lori being the very first one. Uh, and that was, I think, somewhere around eight years ago, maybe eight and a half years ago. So and I, I've watched you work, Kathy, and I, I watch, you know, how dedicated and passionate you are. And so it's really exciting to see such, such success coming to your organization, because I know, you know, the heart and soul that's behind it. So Thank you for being that leader in this space. And so I'm so glad to have you here. So we won't have any tears. We'll go on to Lori. Lori? You know me too well. <laughs> yeah, I was making myself cry, so I was talking to my mom. You know me too uh, well. <laughs> Lori, talk a little bit about EY. What does EY do? You know, a lot of people, when I say EY, they're not familiar with the, the, the shortened acronym. So, uh, and also, of course, what, what you do there. Let's hear about your role with EY. Sure. So... Um, EY is a professional services organization, so we provide assurance and consulting services to our clients across the globe. And um, my role at EY is an ESG lead for Canada. I work in our supply chain services team, and we have our current ESG program, which is responsible for supplier diversity, running and operating now in over 34 countries and we'll be in 41 countries by the end of this year. So wow. quite pleased to, to say it's, it's on a growth trajectory. Um, and in Canada, I lead the program for our supplier diversity efforts. And I also work very closely um, with our DEI team to um, really bring that message of inclusion and also bring actions uh, of inclusion to EY. So that's kind of my role in a nutshell. And yeah, I think it was about eight years ago. And I remember we sat down on a couch together and, and had a <laughs> snack and, you know, you and I kind of hit it off. And it, it um, at that time, I'd say our, both our journeys really probably started because I hadn't been full-time in this role, and since then, my role is now full-time, uh, bringing supplier diversity and inclusion uh, and the ESG governance through uh, EY, through the firm for EY's supply chain. And I will just caveat with saying with EY, because of the work that we do, being professional services, we're not um, as big of a spender as what a bank would be. Um, most of our investment in our supply base goes into managing uh, you know, products and services for our people because we do have uh, people as our main uh, product and service uh, is providing that consultancy and assurance business to our clients. If okay. I may just jump, if course, I may just yeah. jump in, although I know it's Lori, she is beyond full time. This is her passion with supplier diversity. So I would say it's beyond full time. It is her life, and it is her journey and her personal mandate to really support marginalized uh, voices. So I, you know, what? I'm going to do that plug for you, Lori, because you're just, you're, you're such an inspirational champion 
um, and you do so much above and beyond what's needed. So thank you. And I agree, uh, Kathy, with what you're saying. You know, Lori, I had no idea that you were sort of newer um, in that role when I met you all those years ago, I think at a CAMSI event. Uh, I just know that I didn't have a clue what was going on. I, I just <laughs> went to this thing. I had no idea what it was. And you sort right? of took me under your wing and you helped me figure out what the heck I was doing and who was who and what was what. And, and so that really, I, I, I think that, um, you know, I've seen that in the supplier diversity world, that sort of family and friendship and, and camaraderie that comes in the supplier diversity world, which has always been fantastic. And so, Laura, you showed that to me right uh, from the beginning. And so I was I was actually quite sold right from the beginning. So thank you for that and, and all the work that you continue to do. Um, so I, I think I'm going to ask this of you guys. I, I asked this earlier from Cassandra and Catherine. I, I, I'm trying to... Uh, Part of my goal with it, with this podcast is is you know really working on on getting that supplier diversity message out there, but in plain language because I know that when I started in the supplier diversity world, there was a lot of corporate speak, a lot of things that I really just didn't understand acronyms and things like that, and I had no idea what they were, and I didn't understand the concept of supply chain. I just you know it just was all very new to me. So I'd love to hear in your words and and, and both of you, please, if you could. Just describe supplier diversity, almost like in layman's terms for somebody. And, and so, Kathy, if you could maybe describe it from the supplier perspective, and then, Laura, you can maybe do it from the corporate perspective, that would be super helpful. I have to say my supplier diversity journey has been a phenomenal one, but one similar to yours, Deidre, when I first came in, I didn't understand the language, I didn't know what was what, and I also didn't understand procurement. But essentially what I discovered was that there is a number of amazing corporations that recognize that there are marginalized voices, women-owned businesses, uh, you know, uh, BIPOC businesses, uh, disabled businesses, veteran businesses, and entrepreneurs that, you know, may not have access to business opportunities. And really, that's what it is. Supplier diversity, once you become supplier diversified, basically the councils are certifying saying that, yes, we vouch that this supplier is marginalized, you're 51% owned and operated, and that um, really they're giving us, if you want me to put it in layman's term, we, by getting certified, that's your invitation to the party to come and try for these business opportunities and recognizing that, you know what, these opportunities are not open to everyone because the truth of the matter is I didn't grow up in an in, in a space where, you know, my parents knew someone that can open the door for me to even, you know, have my products and my services being uh, you know, being looked at by a corporation. And so in layman's term, I would say getting certified is, is like getting a invitation to go to the party and whether or not you have a good time at the party. So whether or not you're successful in winning these bids and these contracts is how much you are going to, you know, have fun at the party. Are you going to go on the dance floor? Are you going to like dance your bum off? Or are you just going to sit on the sideline, do nothing and complain? That's how kind of I would <laughs> say it is. Yeah. Um, but I think supplier diversity is so much more than that. And what I've gotten out of it is the development opportunities. Because I can tell you, I am not the same person I was eight years ago when we first got certified. Um, there's a number of amazing corporations that have been very generous and recognizing that not only do we, you know, try to give an opportunity for these businesses to bid and win the contract on their own merit, not because they are certified, but on right. their own merit. But how do we help them build? How do we help them scale? How do we get them to be, you know, build their capacity so then they can pay it forward and really drive a socioeconomic impact? 
So, Did Kathy, I? what, what councils? <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. That, that was very good. Uh, and I've heard you say this before, which is why I yeah. wanted to make sure that you shared it, because I've, I've heard you share that before, and it's, it's very simple and understandable. I want to know what councils you're certified with, because you're certified with more than one, correct? Yes. Yes, okay. I am certified. Uh, Redwood Classics is certified under CAMSI. We are certified under uh, Weeby Canada, as well as We Connect International. Okay, so CAMSI, Canadian Aboriginal and Minority Supplier Council. Yeah. Uh, so they certify businesses that are... 51, uh, that are 51% minority or Aboriginal or Indigenous owned. Okay, all right. Yeah. And then and uh, We Connect and WBE? We Connect and WBE certifies women-owned business that are 51% owned and operated as well. And the reason why I have two certifications, not only because I love the community, <laughs> I love the community of supplier diversity, but um, it's also We Connect International essentially is giving us global access as well. So our certification is actually recognized in 46 global regions. So I oh always say gosh, at Redwood okay. Classics, we make everything in Canada. So we really act local, but we really think global. And my so dog, getting... My dog is just letting himself in. Second podcast it. in a row. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Kathy. So no, global, that's no very cool. And so that's yeah. through that's uh, through the, the women organized. Okay, okay, great. That is great. Okay. Um, so Laurie, let's, let's hear about you. What, how would you describe supplier diversity, but from the, the corporate perspective? Well, I don't have a dog creeping around, but you know, <laughs> if there is one, let me know, please. If we see one. Um, <laughs> so from a corporate perspective, it is a way to actualize your DE&I or your ESG strategies. So um, for me, EY has been uh, great as an organization because Part of our tagline is building a better working world. And that's exactly what these supplier diversity programs do for a corporation. So there's a lot involved in, you know, when you look at the employment as an example and, you know, hiring uh, the right percentages of women and Indigenous people, uh, minorities, etc. But there's also that representation in your supply chain. And so in order to make sure that you have representation, not only in your employee base, but also throughout your organization's, uh, you know, existence is to have a supplier diversity because having an inclusive supply chain also means that, you know, you're giving back to the community. And I always say, we're going to spend money. The firm is going to spend money. So if we're going to spend money, let's spend it in a way that makes sense to the communities that we live in where we're working. And that's, you know, that's really what supplier diversity does. And I think just one other point on that is with our organization being so invested in, uh, in these programs, the ESG programs, it's brought a lot of awareness where people might not understand, you know, what it is that makes a difference in the world because Nobody um, is is investing in entrepreneurship in the same way that EY does, I believe. Uh, EY <laughs> is very invested in entrepreneurship. 
And because of that, it also is something that we're not, if we don't buy something from you, it doesn't mean that you're not a partner with us. You know, you're part of the EY network. We want to see entrepreneurs succeed. And in particular, we do have a great interest in ensuring that the representation is equitable across the board. So not only at EY from an employee base, but from also our supply chain and also just from uh, you know our own communities that we're doing the right thing and having that representation. Yeah, absolutely. If I may just also mm. share one more thing. Um, in the beginning of my journey with supplier diversity, EY actually played a huge part. Uh, very proud, and Lori knows this, I'm very proud to say that I am part of the EY Winning Women program from the class of 2014. And yes, getting CAMSI certified was part of my journey, but to really understand what supplier diversity was, um, EY actually invested in me and my capacity building. Um, and as a result of that, uh, you know, I, I hope and I've been able to leverage some of the network that EY has opened doors to. So sure, I may not be selling directly to EY, but EY has definitely, um, you know, given us a hand up in terms of opening up their network, uh, being able to share resources. And that goes back to the development. And that's why I always am so grateful for all the corporations in investing in capacity building for a, uh, for a supplier. And it's so, so important because we're often, you know, I don't know about other suppliers or I don't know about other entrepreneurs, but I, you know, I'm often trying to be working on my business versus working in my business. And as an SME, you know, a lot of the learnings and the training and the development access that we've had through supplier diversity, I don't think I would have otherwise because I'm too busy hustling trying to make sure my business is working, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it definitely is that access tool, which I think someone mentioned earlier. And, and I like your analogy because you do, when you get into the door of the party, you do still have to party. Like you got to go yeah. get a drink and you got to get some snacks. And oh. you know, if you're just hanging around and waiting for people to bring you food and drink, uh, that's, you know, you're, you're, you're probably not getting invited to the next party. So Absolutely. you got to cut the rug. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we have, we have CAMSI that you talked about, Canadian Aboriginal and Minority Supplier Council, and they certify Indigenous Aboriginal as well as uh, minority business owners, 51% owned, operator, and controlling. Uh, and then we, we spoke about the two women's groups uh, that are supporting women entrepreneurs. Again, 51% owned, operated, and controlled. Uh, IWSCC that I represent is veterans as, as well as folks with disabilities. Who else do we have in this space? And what other diverse business owners are um, able to get certified at this point? Uh, CGLCC, uh, which is uh, representing the LGBTQ plus community. So, um, and they're a wonderful organization as well. And I believe Lori's quite involved with them. We are also a corporate member. We're a national corporate member. Um, so even though we can't get certified, we are trying to support supplier diversity in Canada, you know, within the means that we can. Um, and then we have CCAB as well, right? Yes, CCAB. Yes, and CCAB. And so they've been around a long time, um, but are just doing certification in the le in more recent years. Would that be safe to say? Yeah. Is that correct, Laura? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those yeah. So we're also a partner with CCAB. And currently, right now, EY is on a PAR journey. That's Progressive Aboriginal Relations. And we are working towards uh, getting a certification level at bronze, silver, or gold. 
next year, hopefully. And uh, yeah, so it's a really great program. It it really helped structure a reconciliation action for EY. Um, and it helped bring more of the messaging around the struggles of indigenous communities to, uh, you know, to the partnership in general. But it also allowed us to open up the doors and understand some of the areas we hadn't explored in Canada. You know, when I first started my journey and I, this is a little intimate group, right? So I can yes. just like <laughs> share <laughs> everything. <laughs> Nobody's listening, right? Um, and um and I thought, you know, geez, I've been doing supplier diversity for years, you know, I can do this, you know, I can I yeah. can, you know, get build this indigenous thing. I had no idea. I had no idea. And I was trying to treat it like I was treating minority um inclusion and it finally came to me that no, this is different. This is people that have been on this land longer than me. They had uh, businesses well before me. So I had a lot to learn. So it's been a long journey. It's been an amazing journey. And we have so far to go. And I'm so pleased um, that I've been able to help EY with this journey. And uh, and so we'll cross all our fingers and toes and hopefully we'll have certification <laughs> next year. Um, we're in phase two now. Um, it's not a quiet journey. It is a very um, structured journey, um, but it is an amazing journey. So really, really proud of the work we're doing there. Well, that's great. Congratulations. And we'll be certainly looking forward to, to seeing the announcement on, on your achievement. Um, and so it's it's bronze that you're going for, or you're working towards yeah, as far as well, you can. Yeah, um, well, actually, they 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 evaluate your progress and they determine what level you'll be at. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have the expectation that we would start at bronze. I mean, I'd just be totally ecstatic (laughs) you know I'm a little tempered at that one um, because I just not sure we'll get there but um but I'm I'm just even pleased that we made it uh into phase three I'm just absolutely thrilled with the progress the change internal has been amazing we now have an indigenous professionals group we now have people that are indigenous that are actually putting their hand up and saying I'm indigenous, whereas oh. years ago they wouldn't even admit yeah. to being indigenous, Fantastic. you know, because um, it didn't benefit the career, um, you know, and the stories we've heard and the ability for us um, to actually connect with uh, the communities in a more meaningful way. It, it's just fantastic. We did a blanket exercise uh, before, uh, I guess, just near the end of 2021. And it was such an eye opener. We did it with um, all the leadership of the organization and it was really impactful. Um, and people gained a lot of really good understanding about what's happened with our indigenous communities. And, you know, and if there's one thing we can do, we can spend our money smart. We yeah. can spend it with indigenous businesses, you know, and, and minorities as well. Right. Like, so it's, and it's not like we're just, we're not handing out charity. You still need to be able to provide the services equally, just as good as anyone else. It's about providing that capacity, being able to support and help uh, in mm-hmm. those communities that have been underserved for so long. That's fantastic to hear. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. But prior to that, uh, 
Well, you, you talked about personal and <clears throat> getting personal, and that leads me to my next question. And Kathy, I'd, I'd like you to answer this one. I think I'd like you both to answer this. But for Kathy, I, I want to know, you know, what what has been your journey through supplier diversity? Like, take me back to the days when you weren't certified and you were thinking about it, and how did you even learn about supplier diversity? And you said you certified first with CAMSI, correct? Yeah. I yeah. So how did you? Sorry, this Kamsi. is. I didn't realize how emotional today was going to be. <laughs> this is our first. Uh, so Lori and I are at a CAMSI procurement fair, which is mm-hmm. the first procurement fair that we've had um, for supplier diversity in Canada since COVID, and it's been mm-hmm. very emotional just seeing everyone, and you know, because for me, my supplier diversity journey, everyone is like family, and. It's not very often you go into a room where you actually feel like you belong. Mm -hmm. And as a supplier, it's not very often that you go into a room where corporations actually respect you. I still remember one of my first events that I went to, um, and it was at RBC. And I remember uh, it was like I was so eye opening because we were all these certified suppliers sitting in a room having lunch in the middle. Meanwhile, you know, you had the corporates around us and, and really they were standing up. And I remember saying to Charles at the time from RBC, I said, oh, my God, I left that event and said, thank you so much. Thank you for making me feel like a rock star, because especially as an apparel manufacturer, you know, we're always at the bottom of the totem pole. So to be in an environment where you are respected, where you are wanted, um, you go to any of these supplier diversity, you know, fairs, even like trade shows or uh, conferences in the U.S. And you have the corporations that are actually having a booth and and they're the ones with the pockets and they're the ones who's doing the sponsorship. I'm always used to being as a supplier. I always have to do the heavy lifting. Right. So I would say my journey here has been phenomenal. I I feel very supported and loved, um, but I think I also come into it without a sense of expectation. You know, one of the things that I that does drive me nuts, and when I witness it, is when suppliers get certified and then they think they deserve the business. Getting certified does not guarantee you business. It just opens the door for you to bid for business that you may not have been able to get into that door prior to. So I think that's a message I really want to leave with people is make sure that you don't come in thinking just because you're certified, you're going to get business. And I also look at certification in a different manner. Like think about it this way. Um, Most business owners are okay and recognize that, okay, my financial statements get audited, right? This is no different. Getting certified is auditing us as business owners saying that, yes, you are diverse certified and you're you know, 51% owned and operated, and you deserve this opportunity to bid for the business just like everyone else. That's fantastic. Thank you, Kathy. Laura, take us back to the, It was great. <laughs> I'm so, it's such a personal journey for me. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, take us back to the days when, when you were doing supplier diversity off the side of your desk. And what was your other job? And oh. what made you decide to, to take supplier diversity on full time? Um, I never realized until probably two years ago that I'd always been working in inclusion. Um, I went back and looked at some articles I had written, stuff like that, and I started to piece it together and I started to really understand my purpose and my purpose being uh, to make sure people of all minorities, Aboriginal, are treated equally, equitably. 
And so I never really saw that as a full picture. Um, but when I first started, I mean, I was asked by our um, ESG lead uh, globally to, and she was in the U.S. And she said, you know, Camsey's got this thing, you know, can you go and represent EY? And I said, sure, I'll go. I'd heard of Camsey. I knew what it was about, um, but I didn't really have an opportunity to drive. Um, and when I got there and I saw the people and I saw the suppliers and I had, you know, the conversations, I started to think, oh, this is like so important. It's such an important mission because how, how are you supposed to get in? You're a small minority supplier. How are you supposed to get into these large corporates? You know, cold calls don't work. You know, how can you get in? This is brilliant. You know, and so I just took it on. I didn't tell. Again, we're having an intimate conversation, <laughs> right? Just the three of us. Um, I didn't tell my bosses how much time oh. I was spending on it because they would have said, well, Lori, your goal in supply chain is to save money, right? Your goal is to find the right suppliers, the right services and products for us, and to make sure we don't pay, you know, too much money for it. And in fact, make mm -hmm. sure we pay less than, um, you know, less than, uh, you know, not less than market, but less than what, you know, you might, if you didn't have a procurement person helping you with your buys, right? And so my role was to um, make sure that we were effective. And at the time I started to grow, uh, you know, in our procurement organization. So I was already managing Canada. Then I went into the global organization. I started to help manage the North American market. And then a few years after that, I got moved into our back office operational. Um, so I was le doing uh, learning and development, communications, and uh, a bunch of other things. And our, our team across the globe is about 450 people. And so it was quite interesting because when I took that leap to global, I understood more about how our organization is structured. But all the time I was still doing supplier diversity. It was like, you cannot get it out, right? Like I had to be there because I had to be able to really help these businesses grow. And the way I did it, and like I said, I mean, we may not do business together. There might not be a fit. But if anything, I could maybe connect you with a network, you know, so if someone's providing promotional goods, make sure that they get introductions to Staples promotional products or cotton candy, you know, who, whomever is out there that a large corporate might be using, right? So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, build this network of like-minded individuals and create a community that works for everyone. And I think that took me on the journey. And then when our CPO came, tapped me, he goes, you know what, I think you need to do this full time. And I, you know, I made him wait till the next morning, but I could have answered in three seconds, you know, like he just handed me my dream job. Um, and I've never looked back and it's just been awesome. And now our team is actually looked at uh, in a a very, it's a very important part of what we do at EY is to create our uh, inclusive supply chain. 
and we build into that the sustainability as well. So we have sustainability measures. We also have our governance, right? Any, um, you know, one of the things that we take on is, you know, slave labor, child labor. And you know what? Like, let's be honest. If you think that kind of thing isn't happening in your own supply chain, think again. Because it is happening and we all need to behave in a way that brings the equity to everyone. So that's what I'm doing here. And I get paid for it, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. And I meet great people like you and great people like Kathy. And we're just going to continue to to change the world. So what would you say has been like your biggest struggle through this journey? The biggest struggle is probably um, bringing along the masses of people to understand, um, to understand what racism really is. Um, You know, people tend to look around and go, yeah, well, I got, I got women employed here. I got, you know, I got color, Um, but they don't understand. Um, and sometimes it's, it's a, an unconscious bias thing. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, well, that supplier's too, too small. They, they couldn't possibly do the business. They're not qualified. And yet, you know what, during COVID, the diverse suppliers were much more in tune. They knew their supply chain. They weren't sitting there at a sales desk saying, oh, well, you know what, your product will show up on Tuesday. They were going, your product won't show up on Tuesday because there's a supply chain issue. Um, so, you know, so these these suppliers, these entrepreneurs, they work hard. They want to provide the right services and products for, you know, buyers um, and corporations, and they also want to make a difference. So I think my biggest struggle has been making sure that I'm advocating strong enough to change things. And I'm happy to say that the last couple of years, um, you know, I've really seen a difference. We've increased our spend with diverse suppliers. It's on the top of mind. Um, Again, we're intimate, right? I can share a little detail. Um, I did have a really great moment a couple of weeks ago. I got a couple of emails in my inbox that I opened up in the morning, and there were two partners. And those two partners were talking about supplier diversity. That would never have happened five years ago. And I just, I was almost like Kathy, I was almost in tears because it was just so heartfelt because it's starting to percolate and get through to the mass of individuals. And, and once people understand what we're doing, they're there, they're advocates. They want to do the same thing because that's, it's just human to want to be able to end all of these struggles that in Aboriginal Indigenous people and, um, you know, minorities across the board um, have, have struggled with for years. You know, a disability does not mean that you're not capable, right? So, but it's hard for people to say. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just so grateful for the journey. But yeah, that's been a struggle, but now it's actually been my biggest reward too. So Kathy, what about you? What about struggles that you've had? Uh, more as it relates to supplier diversity, but any others that you'd like to share? Uh, I think my biggest struggles have been really as uh, Redwood Classics as a supplier to the brand and merchandise industry, uh, being able to advocate for ourselves as a tier two supplier. So I do not, for example, um, I know EY has purchased products from Redwood Classics, but we don't work directly. So I would be considered a tier two to EY. 
Um, and then I would have a distributor partner who would be a tier one. My biggest challenge has been ever since I got into supplier diversity and doing matchmaking, the challenges I say to Lori, hey, Lori, you know, this is this great product. And Lori goes, oh, I love this product. And then goes where? Where do I go to? Because we actually need more in the supply chain, your tier ones, your tier twos. I think there's so much impact that can be made. So I think the biggest challenge that I will just summarize that has been educating. Education, education, education. So one of the things that I've taken on myself, um, you know, the 26 billion. So the promotional product industry or branded merchandise industry pre-COVID was a $26 billion industry in North America. Billion with a B. And I always say, can you imagine if you only spent 1% of that dollar, that 26 billion with diverse suppliers, what Mm -hmm. is the socioeconomic impact that we can make? And that is an industry, if you ask me, that is only starting to wake up now. And that is because we have advocates such as Laura, we have advocates such as yourself, we have the big banks, we have all these big corporations, Fortune 500 companies that are developing supplier diversity programs. And they're saying to their own supply chain and going, hey, you know what, tier one, you, who are you spending your money with? Are you practicing conscious consumption? In my humble opinion, that is the word we all need to live by, is how do we practice conscience, cons, conscious consumption, not only from a people supplier diversity standpoint, but also from an environmental standpoint. So I just, you know, as human beings, as adults, you know, we can vote with our dollars and corporations can do the same thing. So I think if we want a better world or better working world, Delory, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I would say let's let's practice conscious consumption. So share with me one or maybe two of your your happiest moments, your your biggest triumphs in the supplier diversity world, whether it's winning an award or or securing a big contract. What share a couple of those, some of those success steps that have happened in your journey. For me personally, is when I started to finally, finally get our industry, the promotional product industry, to recognize that supplier diversity is important. Um, I have personally um, made a conscious effort to invite other suppliers that could be diverse certified, get certified. So that's been some of my biggest wins and some of my biggest, you know, things that I'm happy with that, you know, it's not just me that is diverse certified. I've got other vendors that are in the supply chain that can be diverse certified and then getting distributors to also get uh, diverse certified and understanding what supplier diversity is and what the impact that their dollar can make. To me, that's been the biggest win. And I'm just so thrilled for things like that. Well, that's very cool. And indicative of the heart that you have, uh, just in general, uh, Kathy, but certainly within the supplier diversity community, which is, of course, one of the big reasons that I wanted to have you on uh, our inaugural recording. Um, so, Lori, what about you? What's your struggle and triumph? What What are your both sides of the supplier diversity world for you? Uh, not enough time <laughs> probably is the biggest struggle. Um, there's not enough time to meet with everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I always tell suppliers, uh, you know, don't take it personally if I don't get back to you, but you have my personal permission to annoy me until I do, um, <laughs> because there are just so many out there. And if I can find a fit with EY, I'll try and find a fit. Um, if I can't find a fit, I'll try and find a program. If I can't find a program, I'll try and find a network. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's my struggle is trying to do more. I want to make sure that we explore every opportunity. Um, and so the biggest triumph is doing it. 
you know, getting that network together and, and seeing someone who comes up to me and says, thank you for, for everything, you know, that, that makes my heart sing. Uh, that's my biggest triumph. It's so telling that both of you have, have had great achievements outside of this, this feeling of building our diversity world. You know, Kathy, I know you've won awards. Laurie, I know you've won awards. <clears throat> Those aren't what's cited in your, in your triumph, which is yeah. really fantastic. So we're, we're sort of winding up here, uh, winding down, I guess, with the end of the podcast. But I'd just like you to share a few words on, you know, what would you say to someone who's looking at getting involved in the supplier diversity world? So, Kathy, if you were talking to a supplier who was considering certification, what, what would you what advice would you give? What would you say to them? An advice that I would say to a supplier that could get diverse certified is believe in yourself, lean in. Uh, get certified and recognize that there are lots of capacity building opportunities and you get what you put into it. You really do. Um, but when you do get something out of it, please make sure you pay it forward. Cause I know I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have trailblazers before me that have paved the way for us to be here today. So that's what I personally would, would ask is get certified, build your own capacity pay it forward and let's keep building this program because hopefully one day we will not need a supplier diversity program. Exactly. Yeah. Lori, what about you? What would you say to a a corporate that's considering starting a supplier diversity program? I would have to say, I don't understand what you're waiting for. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You know, like um, there's nothing to be lost here. Um, and it, it can be a bit scary and it can be a bit intimidating. And, um, you know, sometimes your your organization might not be set up to do all the KPIs in it initially. And that's OK. Right. Just get started. Get get to know we are the friendliest group and there's no competitors. We sit down, you know, the banks all sit down together. Um, You know, most of us are here to help. So anybody who's been in this uh, on this journey, we're here to help. We're Mm -hmm. really here to help because the more corporates that get involved, um, you know, the better it is for our society in general. So we are building a better working world and I can use the tagline. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, like, just don't hesitate, just get started. Just put one foot in front of the other, take a leap of faith and, and let's go. Cause we'll be here to catch you. Yeah. So, so I just want to have that particular clip that I play in every meeting that I have with, with prospective corporates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to press play, and then I don't even have to say anything further. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I want to thank you both so much for being here. I know you were at this busy conference, the, the CAMSI conference, and I really appreciate you finding the space and taking some time to, to talk to us and, and help share this power diversity message. It's really, really an honor to have you both here on our, our first uh, recording day. So thank you so, so much. And we'll be sure to share us. everything with you so you can put it out to your uh, your contacts and your group as well. I almost want to run up to Lori right now, right behind her, so we can both show up on one of the screens. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Really? I'll do it. I'll yeah, do yeah, it. Go for it. Here she comes. There she is. There we go. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.